0: From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football a Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local, mediocre internet Show, I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, wearing a Christmas sweater featuring a
1: polar bear? Yeah, it's a polar bear ice skating.
0: Polar bear ice skating. It's Ashley Pickle. Howdy. And you were wearing one last night, too.
1: I was, yeah. Contrary to popular belief, I, did, I had on a jean jacket, but underneath the jean jacket, it was the shape of Texas, and it said, tis the season. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I thought about wearing this one, but I didn't want to wear Mavs blue, so there's that.
0: I don't know why you wouldn't support your local team, your local, <laughs> your local five, as they say, the local, the local five. See people say that they only say like the local nine for yeah. baseball. They don't say about no basketball five doesn't or five work could as be, well. But five <laughs> like, could also be for hockey. Although I think there's six. There's a the goalie. Yeah,
1: yeah. You, I mean, when you're talking about football, you don't say your local eleven.
2: No,
0: I guess you don't. <laughs> do we first four through the door?
1: We sure do. It is Nicholas Morton, Phil Vaney, Ed. McElroy. Wait, no. Yeah, Ed mm-hmm. and uh, Tommy McMahon. Welcome Hi, in. guys.
0: Uh, today is Monday, December 9th, 2019, 353 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 872, 872, the number of plate appearances for Benji Gill in Celestia's Texas Rangers career. On today's show, friends, we're going a little less than an hour because we have less things to do. I will tell you. Okay, let me go through the rundown. We're doing Monday morning fallout. Matt Stepp caught up. Uh, with the head coach of the Pottsboro Cardinals, Coach Matt Poe, after their big win uh, last uh, week over... Who did Pottsboro beat? Uh, Gladewater. Gladewater, thank you. Uh, Gladewater. So we will hear from Matt Poe. Uh, And then, back half of the program, we're going to talk about the bowl games, talk a little bit of college football. um, Talk bowl games. Uh, There are four of them. Uh, We'll kind of give a first look at those. Uh, So today, I'll give you an update. We were going to announce the 10 finalists for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award.
1: And now we're not. Well, we
0: have (laughs) – so here's a full update. Here's a full update. We have selected them. We know who they are. Yes. We know who they are. This is 100% true. So uh, that read I do every week is that we are in conjunction with Wells Fargo and the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, right? Yes. So I put together a press release. We are waiting to get approval on, like, the verbiage of the press release before we can announce the 10 candidates. So it is a, it is in transit. It's in process. We will be able to they, – they don't get to – I want to be clear. They don't get to, like – like, Wells Fargo doesn't get to choose who the 10 <laughs> finalists are. They're just like, oh, we want to make sure our name's spelled right and things like that. So right. that's coming. It should be approved. Probably, honestly, it's probably going to be approved like at 2 o'clock today. And so uh, we'll announce it tomorrow on the show. We'll have the Mr. Ticks football player of the year finalists. Not fun narrowing that down to 10. So probably should talk a little bit of football. I guess there's something to talk about. Ashley, hit the air right side. It's Monday morning Fallout. Monday morning Fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, and what a weekend it is and there's the intro
1: oh man it's a monday
0: again got it (laughs) as i said if elected (laughs) if elected we will i will make monday part of the weekend
1: (laughs) (laughs) but then tuesday kind of becomes a monday hashtag 2020 yeah
0: let's get to three big thoughts (laughs) thought number one what are you doing here Uh, there are teams we're now down to 44 teams in the Texas high school football playoffs including four finalists, four teams that are taking the week off uh, This the, the two six man state championship games in 1A are set as Motley County uh, is headed, uh, they took down Blackwell they will play I should probably pull that up, hold on no I'm line. sorry. I'm, I'm responding the, to comments. I know. Um, Motley County is playing. This is going really well. Motley County is playing Richland Springs. That game's at 2 o'clock Wednesday. And McLean will defend their state championship against Blum. And Blum's a good place to start because of the 44 teams left, 12 are looking for their first ever state title game appearance. I'm not talking about championship, I'm talking about first ever state title game appearance appearance. Uh, Blum is already there. Blum has never made it to a title game before now, mm-hmm. so the Bobcats are heading to AT&T Stadium for the first time ever, That's and they will, they will kick it all off at 11 a.m. next Wednesday. But, there are a lot of other teams that maybe we didn't expect to be here. Some of them are kind of... This is going to sound weird, but they're kind of a victim of their own bracket. What I mean by that is, you take a look at a team like Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor, we knew that 6A Division 2, II, Region 3, was pretty wide open. Especially once Beaumont Westbrook left. That said, you still have a fourth-place district finisher in Katie Taylor that is 48 minutes away from a title game. Big lifts this week against Austin-Westlake, but they are certainly a team to be reckoned with. Katie Taylor is one of those teams you're saying, what are what are you doing here? Yeah. Right? Uh, I thought that Valley View's win over San Sabo was pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, especially the way that it happened. Uh, 14-12, to Valley View got some big special teams plays, and that defense bowed up against what's been one of the most explosive offenses in the state. Uh, From what I understand, uh, I think Sean O'Keefe was nicked up in this game for San Saba, but that is not, you know, take nothing away from Valley View. Mm -hmm. What they were able to do was awful impressive. We talked with their coach Curtis King last week, and and you could tell how confident his squad was feeling. Uh, They are through to a state semifinal. So is Silsby. Uh, Probably the other big shocker would be Silsby over West Orange Stark. Yeah. Because West Orange Shark was doing that thing, where <laughs> they get up like by ten points and it feels like they're up by thirty, and they just hold you at arm's length, and it's like, boy, this is vintage West Orange Shark. But Silsby roars back late and gets a win over West Orange Shark, and they're through the state semifinal. final Well, they will draw, Wimberley, as Wimberley takes mm-hmm. down Geronimo Navarro um, in uh, taking down taking down Geronimo Navarro in a way that uh, was, was awful impressive. Uh, avenging their previous uh, their previous loss to them in and, and Cooper McCollum, their quarterback, put on a show uh, in that one. It was awful impressive. Again, there are teams that we expected to be here, right? We expected Duncanville to be here. We expected, you know, to a certain extent, um, Denton Guyer to be here, right. right? We expected a team like Alvin Shadow Creek to be here. But there are other ones, like Bernie Champion, and their win over Cal Allen, mm-hmm. that we didn't. And that is a team that I think Flew under the radar in Region 4 because it's not that they weren't good, but because we were like, okay, it's probably Cal Allen, but if it's not Cal Allen, then maybe it's the team that beat Cal Allen, which is Port Levock Calhoun. Well, darn if Bernie Champion did just go beat both of them. Now they get a chance at the, at the Region 3 champ, Fort Ben Marshall, who avenged their regular season loss to Manville. Uh, it, is a, it is an odd, not odd, it is, a, it is an interesting mix <laughs> of teams in these 44. You've got some blue, blue, blue bloods. Carthage, right? Uh, Waco <laughs> La Vega. Uh, you have got Canadian, right? You have some of the bluest blue bloods that you've seen. And then you've got teams that are here for – are looking for their first ever trip to AT&T Stadium. And that's what makes this so fun is you've got this interesting mix uh, of everything. So that is thought number one. Thought number two, and it's gone. <laughs> and I'm talking –
1: You've already forgot. <laughs>
0: Talking about college football. Yeah. Because
1: there's only four Texas teams.
0: Oh, it gets worse. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, for eight FBS teams, the season's over. We knew that. Though. Mm-hmm. Baylor had a chance to uh, – Baylor was in that game I, uh, against Oklahoma. I do not think that Baylor played particularly well offensively. Part of that is that they were on their third string quarterback by the end of the game. But it was something along the lines of uh, – some. Um, uh there's some sort of stat out there that I think only like fewer than half of their plays went for positive yardage in that game. Um they were they were offensively the struggle. Defense held them in that they go to overtime, they end up just not being able to close the deal. Uh they are going to uh the Sugar Bowl to play Georgia. But beyond that, I think flying under the radar is that small college football season's over too. Mm-hmm. AM Commerce went to Minnesota State and they were underdogs But and and so it's not necessarily a surprise they lost, but obviously disappointing uh, that they but a great year first year for David Bailiff and AM Commerce. The shocking one, the shocking one was Mary Hart and Baylor, Mary Hart and Baylor just cruising along, felt like everything was was going fantastic. Uh, And then suddenly um, they lose to Wisconsin Whitewater, 26 to 7. They were, you know. Mary Hart and Baylor was on a twenty-seven game win streak. They had they had a home they had a home winning streak that was something something crazy. I don't have it in front of me right, right this the second. But
1: going to say, we were just talking last week about how impressive they had looked oh, throughout yeah. the whole. I mean, just the whole time we were like they could easily go all the way. Oh yeah,
0: um, a forty-two game thanks to our friend Corey Hogue, our contributor Corey Hogue, a forty-two game home winning streak, and they lose to Wisconsin Whitewater. Now Wisconsin Whitewater is a top ten team. That's a really good team. But this is the number one team in the state or I'm sorry, number one team in the nation in the crew. Mm-hmm. So suddenly now like college football season very suddenly like, cause it's always, especially with, with uh, the way that the commerce has been cooking the way that in past years, same Houston state has been cooking at the FCS level. Uh, and then Mary Hart and Baylor, obviously this was the kind of thing that you could always kind of count on one of those teams playing deep into December and, and, and having some college football to talk about now it's like, well, we're just kind of, Waiting for bowls, and then it's over. So, a little bit disappointing there. Uh, That's thought number two. Thought number three, the cruelest round. I say this every year. This is the worst round of the playoffs. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What I mean by that is, if you win this week, and then you go to AT&T Stadium, and you get your doors blown off, you lose 150 to nothing at AT AT&T Stadium. You still got there, yeah. And your name is still etched in history. Mm-hmm. You are a team that will that will always be in the record books, even if it's a hundred and fifty to nothing yeah, loss. Right. You are still in the record books as a state finals. You played for a state championship. If you lose this week,
1: you were yeah. <laughs> I hate to say it. So close. I hate
0: to say it, but a lot of these teams like you. Don't, you don't remember, like a lot of these teams. It's like oh, it was a great year. But, like, you know, yeah. it's, not, it's not etched in the history book. No, not at all. This is the round where you make history. Next week, obviously, is huge with the state championship games. But this round is the cruelest round. This is the worst place to lose because you've come so close. You're this close to making it to your ultimate goal, mm-hmm. to playing for a title, to playing on television, to all the, all the frills that come along with playing for a state championship, and more importantly, the historical aspect of it. You're this close. 20 teams are going to fall short this
1: week. It, by, uh, it that is much.
0: It is a cruel cruel round. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Lampasas athlete Ace Whitehead. Ace Whitehead uh accounted was was had his hand in every single point that Lampasas put up in their uh win over Liberty Hill avenging their reg- or, uh, beating Liberty Hill rather their district rival for the second second time this year. Uh he had a hand in all seven of their touchdowns mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, he kicked all their extra points. Yep, Ace Whitehead is a man. He gets helmet sticker. Helmet sticker for Baylor quarterback Jacob Zeno. He was thrust into a terrible situation mm-hmm. uh, where he got thrown into the fire and said, "Hey, by the way, we need you to lead a comeback," uh, and he did. In a lot of he hit two big pass plays. Um, I thought he performed admirably. I think that I think in the end it ended up being a freshman quarterback, but. I thought that he performed admirably, and I think that he certainly deserves some praise today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Harden, or rather, Baylor quarterback Jacob Zeno, a helmet sticker. And a helmet sticker, staying in the Waco area, a helmet sticker to Waco La Vega's defense. They avenged their regular season loss to Argyle, and I watched almost all of this game, and that defense that defense shut down Argyle to the tune uh, that, that that nobody else had done this year. That that Argyle offense was humming, oh, yeah. and La Vega came in and... Held them down in emphatic fashion. A uh, helmet sticker for that defense. You can give it up to, uh, you know, uh, Elisha Cummings, their running back. You can give it to, to anybody that you want on that offensive side. But to me, La Vegas threw to the state semifinals because of that defense. Three teams to watch. Here are three teams that are looking to make their first ever trip to, to AT&T Stadium. Columbus. Columbus avenges their regular season loss to Halletsville. They are through to the state semifinals. Uh, that is a team that, uh, you know, I, I think was uh, certainly a surprise, I would say. Uh, of the 44 teams, uh, only five of them started the year unranked in Dave Campbell's Texas football, but Columbus is one of them. Awful impressive from them. San Antonio Wagner, they had not start the year unranked, but that was <laughs> very impressive against Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Yes, it was. They put a... Hurting on them. They put 74 points up. Mm-hmm. Uh, very impressive from Wagner. Uh, now, obviously, uh, they, they get Shadow Creek. And if you are Shadow Creek, um, or rather, if you're Wagner, you got to go in there and just say, let's just keep this offensive uh, train humming. But right now, you know, Wagner's got to be feeling extremely proud of themselves and very good. And finally, uh, uh, three teams to watch Hamlin. Hamlin's been on our radar for a while, but that win over Wellington was very impressive. Now they get Stratford. Uh, in a state semifinal, that's in plain view on Thursday evening. Uh, but those are three teams to watch. Three to see. I just picked three high school games that I'm really interested in. Uh, Mart and Fall City. This was a game that we had... We thought we were going to get uh, in a state semifinal, and we're getting it. Mart looked really impressive against Munster last week. Fall City... Got a test, got a push from Bremont, but ended up pushing through. And now you get a very interesting matchup. Uh, the team, I would say that I think these are the two best teams in. Um, I would say these are the two best teams in the um, in 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 two A Division two. Carthage and Land passes. This is in Porter. Um, this is
1: just Carthage, a banger alert. <laughs> Carthage.
0: Carthage is the favorite, right? Because it's Carthage. Right. They have been dominant all year long. Lampasses has the guy, man. Mm -hmm. Lampasis has the guy. And you've just got to wonder if Ace Whitehead has one more bit of magic in him to get by Carthage. This is going to be fun as heck. I'm very excited about that. Yes. And 2 p.m. Saturday at Eagle Stadium in Allen. Another banger. Battle of Unbeatens, Denton Ryan and Frisco Lone Star. And Rick Renner and I have gone back and forth on this. Because Rick Renner is a big believer in Ryan. He thinks this is the year for Ryan. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree with him. What I'm saying is, uh, I, I'm saying the three most difficult words in the English language to say, which is, I don't know. I don't know how good Ryan is. I think Ryan might be the best team in 5 in Division 1. Mm-hmm. They might be. They also might not be. And they might be the product of a schedule that is favorable. Like, this is their big test. This is now, it's not fair because Dave Hennigan's squad has had a great year. But it comes down to pass-fail. We know what Lone Star is. We know how good Lone Star is. Right. They've been tested. They've run through a very difficult region. That win over Lancaster last week was impressive. Huge, yeah. Question is, what do we know about Ryan? If Ryan beats Lone Star, then we're going to know, oh, Ryan's super-duper-duper good. Mm -hmm. Instead of just, hey, they're a really good team. Right. That's three to see. That's Monday morning fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, Talking Football, in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com, slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com, slash Campbells. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at texasfootball.com, slash insider. It's our subscription package. Two magazines, years worth of exclusive online content. Uh, We got so much stuff on the site on texasfootball.com. Uh, that even if you don't, even if you're just like, Oh, okay. The recruiting edition, it's nice, which by the way, those are off the press. We have a couple of editions ed- here, but they should be getting mailed out like early this week to subscribers. They look awesome. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so you get that, but there's so much good stuff on the website right now for insiders, including tonight. Uh, step and I are recording Tep and step we're doing. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows that we do. It's our semifinal, uh, viewing guide. We're gonna go through all 20 games. Talk every one of the games. Gonna give you the full schedule uh, from Thursday uh, evening all the way until Saturday night. We'll go through all the games and talk about each and every one of them. That's for
1: insiders only at texfootball.com/slash-insider. Matt Stepp
0: was in Sulphur Springs this weekend on Friday. Caught an awesome Pottsboro versus Gladewater game, and after the game caught up with the head coach of the Pottsboro Cardinals who were through the state semifinals, Coach Matt Poe. Here's Matt Stepp's conversation with Matt Poe of Pottsboro here on Texas Football Today.
2: Matt Stepp, Dave Campbell's Texas football back here in Sulphur Springs, Texas. Here with the head coach of the Class 3A Division I Region II champs, the Pottsboro Cardinals, Coach Matt Poe. Uh, after a uh, 35-34 win over Water in a double overtime. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? It sounds real good. (laughs) And and those kind of games, uh, as a coach, they they age you a little bit. How how many years did you age during this game today?
3: Uh, I think it was endless. (laughs) Endless number of years.
2: (laughs) All right, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you guys jumped out. You had a 21-7 lead going into the fourth quarter. I know that's a nice lead, but I mean, I know you guys knew Gladewater is going to fight back and they did and took it to overtime. But what does it say about your kids to persevere? Because Gladewater kind of took the momentum going into overtime and your kids uh, persevered and, and fought back and made some plays.
3: Man, they really did. They're, they're a resilient bunch. They, they just keep, all they know how to do is play hard, you know, and maybe over talented. We're not the most talented team in the world, but, but those guys that they play with, you can't measure heart. They play with a lot of heart.
2: I thought your uh, outside receiver Titus Lyons had had a fantastic day today. Just big play after big play. Obviously, he's a big kid. He's got good size, but he, he runs well and he's got great hands. And he he always seems to just be in the right place and the ball's in the air. And he, he, his ball skills are are, are amazing. Uh, I mean, he's been doing that for you guys all year, hasn't he?
3: He really has. He's he, he's a playmaker. He makes plays for us. You know, the offensive line did a great job giving us the chance to to throw those balls down there and and some really good passes. Put them in a spot where only he could catch them. And Titus made the play
2: all right now there in the, in the in the second overtime, you know You got 28 28 ball game and, and you hit the big play to get down to the two yard line And Gladewater's defense tightens up a little bit and you guys have a fourth and goal on the one yard line uh, You call timeout. Was there ever any thought of kicking the field goal? or Were you guys uh, planning on going for it the whole time? No, we
3: didn't we knew a field goal So we we planned on going for it. We just had to decide who we wanted to carry the ball, you know,
2: all right. Now, then, when they come back and score in overtime, we're in the press box and we're debating: Do you kick or do you go for two? Uh, on the sideline, did you have a feeling they were going to try to go for the win, or were you just more watching for their personnel at that uh, point?
3: We were just watching for the personnel. I wasn't surprised. You know, they, we've been having a hard time stopping them. You know, stopping for three yards is going to be difficult. You know, but but our guys made a play when it counted.
2: All right. Now, uh, you got it, Brock next week in the state semifinals. Obviously, had, haven't had a chance to watch film but they're close enough to where you probably know a lot about them. Uh, just off, you know, just kind of high level, what kind of challenge are they going to give you guys in, in semifinals?
3: Well, it's going to be a super challenge. You know, Brock's got a great tradition. They've been there They've been there many times. You know, Chad does a great job with them, and uh, we know our hands are full. We're going to celebrate tonight, and we'll worry about them tomorrow.
2: And I'm, uh, I'm guessing the Cardinal Nation is going to be out in full force uh, Thursday night at the Star because – it's not too far away from home, is it? I bet it'd be a pretty good crowd. All right, coach, final question for you. You got a little drive home now. How do you how do you celebrate a state semifinal win? What's the what's the post game meal of choice for celebrating? Well we we're supposed to have water burger delivered,
3: so that's that's the that's the plan. Double bad. meat with cheese, water burger.
2: Double meat with cheese, there you go. Are you I got onion ringer, onion ringer, french fry guy.
3: Uh French fry. There
2: you go. Coach, enjoy the win. Congratulations and uh I guess we'll see you next week in uh, more December football, right? Thanks, Matt. I sure appreciate it.
0: There he is, Matt Poe, the head coach of the state semifinalist uh, Pottsboro Cardinals after their big, thrilling win over Gladewater uh, to move into the state semifinals. Pottsboro and Brock in the state semifinals next week. Should be a lot of fun. We're Texas Football Today. We're an internet show that always works. (laughs) Here on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. <laughs> that on, is not true. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at TCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. All right. So, we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive with free money. Probably, we need to figure out when we're doing free money. Maybe we'll do it Monday.
1: We don't have to do it. Sure, we do. No. Nah. First
0: second completion. By the way, mm. for all y'all who took Baylor plus nine on my advice, you can Venmo me. Anyway, uh, so let's talk some bowls. I want to issue a positioning statement first. I think bowl games are a bad data point. I think they're maybe the most misleading and least uh, least telling data point of the year. But because it's the last data point we get, it is we we put too much on it. We we over. We overhype the bowl game. I think a perfect example is what happened last year with Texas and Georgia. That Texas went in there and they beat Georgia. And they don't need to apologize for winning that game. But I think that was a big springboard towards a lot of people saying, oh man, Texas, national title contender, when really if you looked at some of the issues on this team, they weren't a nation, they weren't ready for a national title contender, and, and that's not post-hoc. That's something that you can go and trace back and say, okay, well, this is probably a team that could be good, but probably not a national title contender. So there's that. I don't think this is a great data point, and so I don't think that this makes or breaks a season. But what it does is it's, it it shapes the narrative going forward. That said, I think there's some super compelling games, some super interesting games going forward. Uh, there are four of them involving. Um, our beloved Texas teams. The first one, 3.30 p.m. on Saturday of State Championship Games, December 21st. It, or I'm sorry, so it's 2.30 p.m. Central. Mm-hmm. God's time zone. The Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl mm. as SMU takes on Florida Atlantic without a head coach. FAU coach Lane Kiffin Continues his remarkable way to fail upwards. And he got the job at Ole Miss. Um, and so, uh, SMU is going into, but there's so many interesting fat, uh, factors to this. First and foremost, this is a home game for FAU.
1: Which is the second year in a row, I believe, that they have played at home yeah. for their bowl game. Like, I'm pretty sure. Also, isn't that the gas? No. no. That's the Boca Raton. Okay, yeah. But is, still. Yes.
0: Um, if you are unfamiliar with what uh, FAU does, they are a they're pretty solid across the board. I would say that they are more defensive minded than they are offensive minded. Uh, this is a team that uh, uh, that that I think the defense more or less leads the way. Uh, they have a tremendous quarterback in Chris Robeson. and in fact, he's a local kid. He's from Ski. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a tremendous quarterback in in Chris Robeson. They've got a number of outstanding receivers, most notably their tight end Harrison Bryant. This is a team that. Their offense is really, really talented and they're very strong. But the defense I think is even better and more importantly, this is a defense that takes the ball away. They have a lot they have a lot of playmakers on the defensive side uh, that they, they take the ball away. and so that is something uh, certainly to keep an eye on. Uh, that you, you know what's going to be interesting is that on one hand, you know think about the last time SMU was in a bowl game. Right. Right. It was with Sonny Dykes taking over in the interim role um, and and coaching that game after Chad Morris left. And they got blown out right Mm -hmm. in the Frisco Bowl. That is why this is a bad data point. Right. Is that SMU? I feel like even going on the road for a road game should win this game. I think they're better than FAU and FAU doesn't have a coach. But like at that time, like there's so many different variables that I feel like there's not a way to necessarily indicate whether or not this improves what we think of SMU. I think what you should do right now is make your opinion right now based on the previous 12 games of what SMU was. Mm-hmm. My opinion is, SMU, pretty darn good team.
1: Yeah, and I honestly don't think that they should have, but even though it really is a home game for FAU, I have been to that stadium during an FAU game, and they're People don't show up very much. Like, they don't really care.
0: (laughs) Here's another thing, okay? The other thing about games like this is you have this long layover. You don't know who's going to play. You don't know if anybody's going to go pro. Mm -hmm. And so, to me, take a look at this game and just, regardless of context, make your decision on whether or not it's a good year for SMU right now. Of course, go out there and try to win the game. Mm -hmm. Get that 11th win. Oh, yeah. But... I feel like this is, you know, the other thing that bothers me, if I may, yeah. can I get on my soapbox here? Please do. I don't want, uh, like, I don't want SMU playing a, another group of five team. No. I want them playing Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Or I want them playing Wazoo. I want them playing a team from, that we can actually measure them against a power five team, as opposed to just playing, like, this is kind of like the bowl games saying, okay, you can go over here in the, in the, um, in the uh, at the kids' table. Yeah, you guys can I was over
1: genuinely surprised when I saw that they put SMU in this that's game. That's disappointing. I was very surprised.
0: I'm, 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 I'm straight-up disappointed because I wanted to see them go up against a team from the SEC or from the Big Ten or from the Pac-12 or a Power Conference, right? Big, te- Big 12. Instead, you know, they get to play FAU. And if they beat FAU, it's like that's – as far as narratives are concerned and getting people talking about your program, beating FAU is not going to be that kind of thing. If they had gone and beaten Mississippi State, even though it's not a good Mississippi State team, it would have been like, oh, man, they beat a team from the SEC. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, it, it bothers me. Enough about that. Next up, I believe, is on the 27th. That's right. Our friends at the Academy Sports Networks, Texas Bowl, get a good yeah. SEC versus Big 12 per usual. The Oklahoma State Cowboys taking on the Texas A&M Aggies. An old, SC, an old Big 12 game. This is 5.45 p.m. Uh, on um, uh, ESPN in, at NRG Stadium in Houston. Um, we've talked a lot about Oklahoma State because they've played all the Big 12 teams in this in this, uh, uh, in the state. Mm-hmm. This is a fun matchup where a lot of it depends. It sounds like, um, I believe, do you know, status of Spencer Sanders, is he out for the year? I think so. I think he's out for the year as well. Uh, but there, we're hearing that um, uh, Chuba Hubbard should expect should be playing in that game. Spencer Sanders, they say may. That would obviously be a big boost to it. Uh, for Texas A&M, you know, this is going to be a big challenge for their defense. What I'm interested in, I'm interested in if they have any guys declare early. Yeah. An example would be Justin Matabuke, mm-hmm. right? I think they're – who's their best defensive lineman. I think, in my opinion, chase that money playboy. You know what I mean? But I also, you know, I, I don't begrudge anybody who wants to stay and play their bowl game. Right. Um. This is, a, this is a, a good Cowboys team that currently is a little bit banged up. If they have Chuba Hubbard, that obviously changes things. But uh, you know, I look at this, and I, th- I would probably install A&M as like an early slight favorite over Oklahoma State. But this is a good Oklahoma State team. And I think this is a, this is a really compelling matchup, once again, in the Texas poll. Then we go to December 31st. December thirty first at six thirty PM at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. It's the Valero Alamo Bowl as the Texas Longhorns take aim at the Pac twelve runner up, the Utah Utes. Utes. Um I'm excited for this one too. This is interesting. Both right?
1: both the one that you just said and then this one.
0: Both these are I mean, I think all of them are interesting in their own in their own right. This game's super interesting for a number of reasons. One of them is that Utah is super good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah did not look good in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, Oregon kind of exposed them. But this is still a really, really good Utah team. It's a team that we don't get to see around here very much, which is, I think, fun. that You get a Pac-12 team uh, coming to town, and, and we're going to find out, you know, we get kind of some eyes on, on what they're about. This is a lights-out defense. Their defense has been spectacular all year long. And... um, that that is what's going to make this, I think, an interesting matchup. Is can can the Texas offense find some um, find some some rhythm yeah. against what has been a very very good um, a very very good Utah defense? Their offense has kind of come and gone. When it's good, it's really good. Uh, I think that their quarterback Tyler Huntley is is pretty solid, and they got a great running back in Zach Moss as well. This is this is the kind of team. The kind of game where I mean this is this would be a really nice win for Texas if they can get it again, bad data point, right. but this is the kind of thing that I think if you believe in, in giving your team confidence, this would be one of those confidence building wins for Texas. This is a really good Utah team, uh, and they, they you know Texas will have some some level of home field advantage, obviously they're the Alamo Dome. should be a fun game. That game is at uh, the Alamo Dome on December 31st.
1: Tom Herman was at the uh, Southlake Duncanville game the other was day. He? To Probably see watching Quinn and Quinn. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yep. He actually mm-hmm. sat with his mom for a while. I thought that was cool.
0: And finally, 7:45 p.m. at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. It's the All-State Sugar Bowl. The Baylor Bears take on the team that lost the Big 12 Championship game takes on the team that lost the SEC Championship game. They mm-hmm. take on Georgia. Georgia's back in the uh, or the Sugar Bowl. Um, I've talked about this. Georgia is pretty easy to explain. Their defense is really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exceptional. And that is going to be, depending on who who the quarterback is, we don't know what the status of any of their quarterback situation no. is. But this is a Georgia defense that is really going to challenge a Baylor offense that has been pretty up and down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, That's great. The other side of the ball is why they're not in the college football playoff because Georgia's offense is butt.
1: <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It's like, I can't not even, good. I was going I can't even disagree no. with you on that.
0: Jake, like, they can't, they have no vertical, like, threats. Their whole offense is basically kind of like let's either throw, like, a four yard pass. Yeah. Or let's give the ball to DeAndre Swift. They were also really banged up in that game. I know Jake Fromm got banged up in that game uh, for for Georgia. I don't know what his status would be for this game here in about a month, but um, that is like. I, I think that what's going to be really interesting is that this Baylor defense has been so good all year long, one of the best defenses in the in the nation, going up against. A, a, they should be able to shut down Georgia's offense. They should. Yeah. They should
1: if they're ready. If then they're yes. ready, right?
0: <laughs> The other side of it's super fascinating is what is the Baylor offense, which again, has not been very consistent. Mm-mm. What do they do against one of, again, the very best defenses in, this, in the nation? It's a fun matchup for the All-State Sugar Bowl that is going on January 1st uh, at, in New Orleans. It'll be the first day of 2020. Ring in the new year. The with- new decade. The new decade. <laughs> Bring in the new decade with Baylor versus Georgia. So there they are, the four bowl games. There's only four college football games left in the state of Texas because, remember, Mary Hart and Baylor lost, so Division Three is done, and then A&M Commerce, Commerce lost, lost, so Division yeah. Two is done, and none of the FCS teams are left
1: in the playoffs. That's crazy.
0: And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final
1: thoughts. All right, so the is only
0: most is it mostly about how the the show kind of stops in the middle of the show?
1: No, actually, it's not. It's actually about first four through the door because we need to make oh things no. uh, clear on oh this one. No. So for everyone who doesn't understand how the first four through the door works now, we are doing it and uh, as soon as the credits start, I watch my computer, and as soon as the the intro credits start rolling, that's the first four people to comment are the first four through the door. Um if you comment and you think that your comment pops up first, I'm just reading what's off my computer screen. That's all that that's all that I can do. So that's how first four starts is when the introduction starts going, comment and the first four comments to pop up on my computer screen will be first four. I'm not biased. I'm not bribed. That's it. People are that was my soapbox. Uh they were very upset that cuz sometimes when on your personal feed like it your name will pop up before the other comments but I don't know what to tell you. We've got hmm. pretty good wifi here. It's just first form. It's not that Apparently serious. Apparently not good enough computer shut yeah. down in
0: the middle of the show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Guys. It was it's a Monday. Like it is a Monday. <laughs> this is the most
0: Monday. This is the most Monday of all time. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Be nice to each other. Please. Be, be nice. nice
1: on Facebook. Yes. That's going to do <laughs> it for us.
0: Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Campbell's, And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Almost dropped. <laughs>